Hello, how are you? Welcome to the podcast Sport and Life. Ed Draper here, sports broadcaster in the UK with you. Thank you for hitting on the button. Appreciate it. Thank you as ever to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Have my Bang Olufsen headphones on from uh, Bang Olufsen Cheltenham, just around the corner from me in the beautiful very scenic spot in the courtyard in Montpellier in the heart of Cheltenham. But get in touch with them through the Bangalolfson Cheltenham website, BO underscore or Cheltenham, I believe is is it, on social media, on Twitter and Instagram. And obviously through that company, Serena, they always stress they can source you whatever bespoke home entertainment solution fits your needs, whatever brand it may be. It doesn't have to be just Bangalolfson's fine world-renowned equipment get in touch with jason briggs and his team thank you also to cytoplan for their support of the podcast reminds me i do have to order some supplements some of my immune complete two from cytoplan which is a purveyor of food-based supplements not based far from here actually in the west of england in a beautiful village called hanley swan but more to the point we've been taking as a family the drapers their supplements for 20 plus years my father dr mark draper who is a general practitioner doctor but also micronutritionist as well he's uh, obsessed with trace elements like selenium and zinc and they're in the immune complete range but there's so many different supplements in fact my wife is talking about ordering a whole range and we do pay for them i should stress but we do have a discount and we can share that with you if you go to cytoplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n.co.uk the discount code is draper10r so my last name d-r-a-p-e-r all capital letters um, and then the numerals one zero and the capital letter R. And also something that we got uh, thinking about on lockdown, something we are trying to uh, introduce is a new venture called Attic Box Audio. Now, I don't know if you ever think to yourself, it'd be great to hear the voice of a loved one who's passed away. Certainly during lockdown, I was reflecting quite a lot on my granddad, my mum's dad, who was very kind of wise seemingly very empathetic for a man of his generation born in 1921 and just he passed away when I was 14 and missed that counsel actually particularly since becoming a father I think he was quite a rounded gentleman and had spent time with I think 10 sisters so he had a good a good read on on women and relationships so that was I do miss him and, and we actually thought that something we could provide as a service is interviewing people who maybe in their senior years about their life and memories and their sort of their story and, and record it on good quality audio and then provide a, a beautifully presented bespoke transcript in a book form which we're doing through a company called attic box audio if you go to drapermedia.co.uk if you are interested in in documenting your life story or maybe your loved one's life story then uh, go to drapermedia.co.uk and click on the attic box audio tab and then send us an email at hello at drapermedia.co.uk. Powerful thing. I love speaking to people. I think everyone's got a fantastic life story to tell, as has no doubt the subject of the podcast today, the wonderful James Golden, aka the fitness pro on social media. I think our last tennis game was scuppered due to him being in isolation, caught up with him after he got zapped on the app, as a lot of people around the country in the UK are at the moment, the COVID-19 app. Thankfully, I believe he's, he's safe and healthy and didn't pick up anything from his contact, which is good. But we are talking about movement um, as he was confined, but just the importance of it. It's a book by Caroline Williams called Move. She's a science writer for the New Scientist, among others. A really well-researched and rounded book on the importance of just general movement, not intense exercise, not certain types of exercise over others, but just the 
all-round importance of, of moving, particularly on the balls of your feet, I think was something she said. And Caroline's actually going to come on the podcast next week. So look forward to that. But before that, we're speaking to James Golden, who's got a holistic attitude to health and fitness himself, as well as doing bespoke kind of programs for people, specific gains that, that they want to have in their life. But he actually yeah, got some tips of how to keep moving around when we're stuck on Zoom calls, chained to the desk, whatever it might be. So here he is. Wonderful. James Golden. James Golden, welcome back to the podcast. Great to talk movement with you at a time when you've been confined to your home. So it's, it's an opportune moment to talk about getting around. How, how are you doing? You've been you've been incarcerated for the last few days. Oh, the, I, uh, cert I certainly have. I have, mate. I've had, the, I've had, like many of us, I've been pinged in the last um, week. So I've still got another couple of days to go till I'm uh, able to enter society again. So Saturday at 12 o'clock is my yeah. midnight, that is, that well, I can release from um, uh, self-isolation. Fingers crossed. I mean, you met. You said you, you, it was a fitness day and you, you met some people, you met a guy for lunch and it, it's, it's all kind of come since then that he's tested positive and you've had to isolate. What, is it, what, what has it made you think about it all? Because a lot of people are being um, caught up in it. I know people are genuinely double vaccinated, but have had COVID and have been laid up for a couple mm. of days with it. But for all of us, mm. it's, it's sort of a consideration, isn't it? I know, I think the quarantine rules are going to relax next month in August, which will will liberate us a bit but it does it does make you think twice doesn't it if someone yeah. offers, asked to meet you indoors you're like oh hang on a minute is this is this going to be something that i have to you know then then sort of pay the price for later on sure i think it was together you know you, you're not giving any consideration it wasn't until the um the friday so the guy i was we've started to display symptoms and then it was the saturday that he then um tested and i think results come back on a sunday so most of us that was around him picked up a, a note on the monday and then subsequently, mm. the test and trace app also pinged us all to say that we've been close contact. But we knew that because he'd actually informed us anyway. So yeah. we already start. We already started to uh, uh, <laughs> just take take everything out of the diary and um, self isolate voluntarily anyway, just to see what would happen. But no symptoms from me, and I've displayed a negative test. So it just shows you, you know, everyone's different, and doesn't yeah. mean if you're around yeah. someone, you're going to contract it. But however, precaution needs to be in place because. Um, you know, you, you don't know. There's a lot of people walking around asymptomatic and they don't know they've got it. So so I've been all this week working from home. Yeah, how's, how's that been? It's been fortunate timing, you said, because some of your clients have, have been away at the moment. So you, you've not kind of been hitting the pocket too hard. Naturally, quite a time for me in terms of physical um, training with clients. So a lot are away through the school holidays, July and August. So from that perspective, it is, a, it is much quieter in life. I'm working on some projects that are consultancy based and luckily I can work from home on those. So, so they've ramped up quite a lot in the last six months anyway. So to be honest, uh, I'm still able to work from home and it's actually allowed me more time to work on those. So um, it's a bit of a blessing in disguise from that perspective. So not, not too irritating really. Good, good, good. Well, one of the books, really reasons I wanted to speak to you actually was, um, it's a book I've read called Move, and it's got an exclamation mark after it. It's by a woman called Caroline Williams, who's a journalist, I believe, for the New Scientist. She writes for them and other places. But it's a collation of, of all the research into the importance of movement ancestrally for us as, as a species and how we were kind of defined for movement and our brains grew out from walking and, and running and being around doing different things climbing initially I suppose when we were primates and it's, it's really interesting that 
um, she is advocates in the research that it's not just about like exercise classes per se, doing weights, sprints or hit classes. It's just generally being moving more. I mean, what have you done over the last few days? Have you had that in mind when you've when you've been kind of cornered in the house? You can't go for a run. You just try and kind of stay on your feet a bit more, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm quite a result. I'm quite a, a target orientated person. And as you know, the type of property I live is in is in a townhouse. We've got quite yeah. a small footprint. I'm up and down the stairs, so I'm trying to maintain movement. But I am quite, I'm quite a. Um, if I've got a target in mind, I'm always going to try and hit it. So my, I'm always working to the basis of a minimum of ten thousand steps a day, even yeah. when I've had long periods of of my days at a desk. So um, so far so good. I've managed it every day. So we've had. To, other than today, we've had some dry weather and I've been out in the garden playing football with my son and I keep myself busy. So I am someone that naturally moves a lot. Um, I think as society, we do underestimate the benefits of movement and the importance of how the body moves. Mm. And I've certainly tuned into that over the last 10 years, being in fitness for 20 years. I think over the course of the last 10 years, I've really started to understand how important it is. And it's just one of those things I feel that people don't, maybe apply themselves to enough yeah yeah well well-being and uh, mental health and, and physical health just to kind of and it's interesting sort of almost treating sitting down still as the enemy which is a challenge because for a lot of people's jobs particularly since the pandemic began it has been sat down at a desk and, and it's trying to kind of think of creative ways to make you get up and I don't know have a dance have a do some press-ups walk down the stairs get a cup of tea walk back up um you know jog on the spot what it sounds silly but in a sense you, you have to do it and I think maybe it, I w- it wasn't present in my mind when I was younger I always thought about runs and, and weight training and, and different things in, in accompaniment to playing football but then I think actually we're generally more active we didn't have jobs where we sat at screens all day even at university you're going to lectures you're walking there walking back there's a sort of fluidity to it so I think adult life you, you start to have to be creative don't you is that what you sort of tell your clients sometimes about how they how they juggle that with work yeah well, I think you've nailed it where with once upon a time I think movement come more naturally to us because of our lifestyles I think lifestyles have become in modern day times more inactive naturally because we've been drawn to screens, especially over the last 18 months. Um, yeah. And with younger generation being exposed to um, you know, consoles and gaming, et cetera, I think it's just become a slight issue in society where we're not naturally moving um, on, a, on a sort of more regular basis. We're, we're becoming more sedentary in our lives. And therefore, we've got to find methods and ways to ensure that we are active enough so our calorie output sufficient and and we're not seeing our bodies start to almost deteriorate sooner rather because we're all going to degenerate and we're all going to put pressure on our bodies. But if we start to see back problems in our mid-20s, early 30s, you know, that's not ideal. So when we're sitting for long periods, our hamstrings are shortening and it's putting pressure uh, on our bodies in a way yeah. that are going to increase um lower back issues so a lot of um, compression from the spine when we're sitting and bad posture where we start to round and protract our shoulders is going to increase the risks of lower back issues just i'm just shifting in my seat as you're saying that in my stool just trying to uh, uh, get, engage the core but is that is that it sort of active sitting is that something you can do as well as the sort of movement around it just try and keep your posture correct kind of notice it more be aware <laughs> Yeah, well, I certainly make people aware of it constantly. I mean, engaging your core and maintaining good alignment in your spine, you know, whether you're using your headrest in the car or you're sitting in the correct position at your desk. I think stand-up desks are certainly becoming 
more mm. common with people and people are becoming more aware of it but i think sometimes when we sit for those long periods and all of a sudden you know we are feeling everything starting to compress and shorten and tighten you know we, we need to get this email done and we need to get you know this work off our plate and we're sort of working for two three four hours at a time without moving i'm always encouraging people that 45 minutes really should be the minimum um so the, the the maximum time that we spend at the at the desk so therefore every 45 minute window we should try and at least stretch our legs just recalibrate for 15 minutes drink some water and then get back to it and, and hopefully it makes you more productive for the next 45 minute window as well you always set an alarm or something don't you i suppose just to trigger that or a you know a ritual yeah. that you have like a cup of tea at a certain part of the day or, or whatever it may be I think everyone's different in what works for them. And you're right, I think reminders and I think tech plays a part in some people's life. You know, app, what, um, the Apple Watch is very good at detecting activity. So it will prompt and say it's time to stand. So people are using tech to, to, to certainly make them or prompt them to, to, to get themselves up and about and just obviously take that distraction away from the screen to actually um, get your um, get your bodies up and about for even for a short window. It's funny as it actually feels quite kind of gratifying for me because I remember my father-in-law would always say that kind of had ants in my pants so he's always restless he never sits still and actually you realize maybe that's a good thing ultimately but I've always struggled to to sit down for for too long and I do feel empathy for some people yeah. particularly at the moment with these sort of meetings zoom meetings team meetings where they're where they're sat at a laptop indefinitely and it's I wonder if some of those are, are working it varies you don't have to be on camera so I wonder whether you can take some of these meetings walking around as well and the standing desk is interesting there's a few of those that sky that people have um taken on board and i suppose it's people sometimes maybe skeptical you can get as much work done or focus but i also read i think it may be in the book by caroline williams or it may have been elsewhere recently that just by standing i think you burn an extra 90 calories per hour than you would do sitting and actually over the course of a day that's a huge amount isn't it and i suppose that's part of the yeah. one of the downsides of sedentary life is the is a lack of energy output which then puts us in the chance of um putting on weight so i suppose that is something to consider isn't it just the little bits of movement do end up burning a lot more energy over the day correct i, I i'm always sort of encouraging people to think about the energy balance equation and it is that calorie in calorie out and and it is sometimes the you know just the simple things that we do the movement that we do that helps us actually get to the end of the day and we've got a sufficient amount of, of, of energy um utilized as a, as, as a fuel yeah. um a podcast i listened to a couple of months ago it was, it was david gandhi oh, and yeah. um i mean he's been top of his game in terms of physical well-being for many years and he's he's in his 40s now and it was interesting he actually said that he had never done any cardio not specifically he's just someone that moves a lot naturally he's genetically mm. yeah well Is this all right? engineered yeah, yeah. But he focuses just purely on his strength and conditioning and the way he moves. And he just has a mindset that he just, like, he moves a lot. He, you know, he goes out and his step count is always 15,000 a day minimum. And he, even on days when it's, you know, more challenging and he's at a desk for a period of time, he still will find, you know, openings to make sure that he moves sufficiently. So some people are just engineered that way, that they are just going to naturally move more. Yeah. And some people just are, are, are just a, a bit more kind of... Um, less focused on it and just not not aware of it i think people are generating more awareness towards it yeah you wonder if sometimes the cut the compound calorie burning are doing something like that and obviously he is doing strength and conditioning so it's the weights and things but the, of doing your kind of like low intensity aerobic by walking and, and moving around sometimes 
in terms of the balance with intake with food. I wonder if that's more economical because one of the dangers can be is that you might absolutely gas yourself on a treadmill or, or running around the park, but actually it could be quite depressing when you realize how little calories you burn relative to how many calories are in certain food groups. And you get that sort of surge of hunger sometimes post intense exercise, don't you? So I suppose that you set the sense of moving around generally don't have that sort of absolute starvation mode. Sometimes you go into after a big workout. Sure. I think sometimes, sometimes it's a case of um, I mean, a lot of us will beat ourselves up for, you know, and the rest of the day might be very, very inactive. So what would be, the, what's the difference if we actually take away that hour of exercise and looked at the, 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 the longer um, uh, focus through the day of being more active and would be there more calories there? There is a high chance there would be that you've utilized, but also a higher percentage from fat because you'll find that your heart rate just being up yeah. sufficiently will get a nice kind of mixture of, of, of fat being utilized as well. So you often find when your body exceeds what's called the anaerobic threshold, your body can't burn fat any for, anymore for, for your fuel source. It's going to be sugar. So you need that kind of blend. So for me, I'm always going to encourage people to be more active on a day-to-day -day basis to maintain the health and well-being uh, as opposed to just hitting the gym for two or three hours a week mm. if it's uh ideally you want you would want both achieved so i.e someone's going to focus on strength and conditioning and components of fitness in the gym environment but at the same time in addition they're actually moving enough as well it's interesting that Gandhi, it's a Gandhi, obviously the international renowned model, if, any, if anyone's not aware, but it, that he doesn't push himself in sort of cardiovascular intense exercise then sort of 80% of his heart rate or whatever like that. He's, he's happy just to kind of bounce around in everyday life. Apparently not. You wouldn't believe it. Yes, you, you think he's, <laughs> he's shredded because he, he bashes himself up for, you know, two or three hours a day. And he did mention on, there, on, on this particular podcast that he, there was a moment in time. Yeah. But actually... It's, it's now very much like 45-minute uh, workouts and they're very direct, but it's just purely on, on just active living that keeps mm. him in shape and, well, a, and, a, and a level of focus towards his nutrition. Yes. Yeah, nutrition can be the key sometimes as well, can't mm. it? And that's the temptation when you're sedentary is that you sat at home. So I don't know why, but there's always yeah. that temptation to, to raid the fridge for sugary things. Right, that, that's it. And all of a sudden then you've got everything working against you. You've got, you know, if it's a high-sugar diet and you're inactive – and subsequently, you're not going to burn that fuel off. And only one thing that's going to happen, it's going to convert into fat. And then slowly but surely, you'll start to see changes to your, um, your, your, your physical health and your body fat percentage will increase. Do you think people who, because uh, we talked about this before on the podcast with the pandemic, obviously there's a shift. We don't know how big. I know at Sky now, you are able to come back into the office um, since technically the restrictions are eased if you want to. But I think a lot of people are continuing to work from home. That may well be the shift. I know that Cheltenham's property market has gone wild because a lot of people are moving out of out of London. And I think that's probably across the Cotswolds where you are as well as that, that theme. And so people are, are planning to work from home. Should they try and incorporate something before they start if they're working from home? Because I just wonder, you talked before about the fact that you're walking from your car, you may be getting a bus or a train. There's still movement involved, isn't there? Whereas if you are working from home, there's a sense that you could have even cut that out. Yeah, I guess it's twofold with this. I mean, I, if somebody has taken away their commute, naturally their step count or their movement might be less in, in terms of moving from the car park to the platform, to the train, from the train station to the office. And so, so you might lose that natural step count. But what you do win back if you're working from home is take away that commute, let's say it's an hour and a half, more likely to be an hour each way, two hours, you've got that time. It's how you use that time. So yeah. therefore, 
your day your day is naturally going to start later so there's an opening in the morning there for whether it be a half an hour movement session half an hour hit session you know chucking some weights around at home so so a lot of our excuses have always been about i don't have enough time to do this yeah but from working from home <laughs> that excuse shouldn't be an excuse anymore then it's application and, and, and can you make that time count for you yeah go for or even go for a walk get some daylight as well which we know is good for serotonin don't we and vitamin d as well just get get out there before you before the day starts absolutely and don't underestimate how beneficial that is for you i mean i always try and encourage people that you know, there should be a marker I, I like to set targets and um without being too um you know oh, driven sure. by them but yeah. i do like even, even at this moment in time my ten thousand steps i want to achieve it and i feel better for doing it i think it's the feel good that comes with doing that i mean it's it should be a hardship to achieve ten thousand steps a day i really don't believe that do you, do you have if you didn't have the watch would you have a sense do you think internally that your body would tell you that you hadn't done enough movement would it be there I think so. I think naturally for me, it's it's probably just engineered into me that uh, I like to move. I'm not one that sits. I don't sit and watch Netflix series for you know half a day. I'm just not that way. I'm not engineered that way. I like to do things. You know, I've got young children now, and they keep me very very active. And I love to play. I love to play sport myself, and I like to play sport with my kids. So we're out in the garden. We're playing football. I'm playing tennis with my my older daughter. So for me, it's a bit more um, natural because I've always been engineered to play sport and health and fitness is a bit of a way of life, really. Yeah, well, it's, it's a career for you as well. It is, it is your life. We would have been playing tennis today, not for you, you having to quarantine, which is maybe not as energetic as other people play because we're waiting for the ball to, to fetch it from the net or we're running after the running after the lost balls anyway, aren't we? So it's a bit different than uh, intent, intense rallies, but we're, we're getting there. It's interesting you mentioned kids, though. They're, they can be inspiration, can't they? Because they don't necessarily need a lot of space to keep moving. You watch them. They, they, they do play. They, they sort of chase each other. They play tag. There's, there's lots of ways that they utilise space to, to keep moving. Yeah. And if you look at their movement as well, their movement is is very, very efficient in terms of the, the flexibility and the, the way they're very um, uh, dynamic in the way they approach life. You know, <laughs> they're running more than walking. Yeah. Um, so, so definitely. And for, from an adult as well, I, you know, being being sort of uh, energized by your children's activity is also you know something in itself to mm. hopefully to help people. Um be more focused on, on on their health and well-being. Yeah, I remember David Beckham saying, and I don't know how sincere it was, but people were asking him, did he miss the intensity of playing football? And he said, and I think it's when he had, I think he has got four kids, isn't he? Four young kids. And he was saying that, yeah, he, did, he didn't too much. He actually was just sort of chasing them around the garden and the house and actually kept kept moving that way rather than doing a sort of intense exercise program i think he since has probably gone back to the gym but it's inter- it's interesting that kind of just that mindset of of keeping moving because you mentioned running and you've got the townhouse up and down the stairs that can be good my wife actually sometimes does if she can't get out to the gym because she's obviously looking after zoe our daughter or whatever she'll do like you know 10 to 15 sprints up the stairs and down again which i'm not sure the neighbors appreciate but she um she uh it's, an- it's another way of doing it so you can factor that in or you know if you need something to get something from upstairs jog up the stairs it's way of raising your heart rate there's there's lots of little bits that you can just do if you if you keep your mind on it absolutely i mean like i've always said when we when we've um spoken in the past there's never a one size fits all you've got to make it work for you and all of our lives are different yeah. uh, some have families some are very dictated by their work commitments etc but it's finding what works for you and, and ultimately if it means you know charging up and <laughs> down the stairs at home then then so be it we've got to find certain ways of uh, of applying yourself to to keeping your body as efficient as possible i think we do neglect in certain areas and obviously 
we, we've really touched on this, but the amount of time that we tend to, to sit and it does have a knock-on effect of everything from tightness in our lower body, restrictions of movement in our back, and that can have a knock-on effect of the way we perform. We want to be the you know the best version of us. We want to, want to perform to the best of our abilities. And we want to maintain a good, healthy life as we, um, as, as, as we get older. Yeah, you don't want to deteriorate gradually, do you? I think that's an interesting thing, isn't it? That there is, you can, what you can genuinely see people who do keep moving, not necessarily strenuous exercise, but keep moving. They, they maintain that, whereas other people maybe they get, get kind of almost scared of movement after a certain point. Yeah. I mean, the fact of life is we are all degenerating and we can maintain our bodies and our health and well-being as, 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 as best as we possibly can. You know, mm. If we do have a good approach to strength conditioning, we can even use body weight for that. Then there is a higher chance that we will maintain a good level of muscle mass and it won't degenerate as, as quickly as it may do as, 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 as you didn't exercise, if you wasn't exercising. And females, I mean, I, statistically, it's like one in, four, one in three over the age of 40 have osteoporosis that won't know it wow. so all of a sudden the early onset of osteopenia that's starting to set in which leads to you know, obviously um degeneration in your skeletal system so where all of a sudden you, you know, your body's starting to compress and it's losing its strength and its capabilities mm. so we've got to, we've got to think about that as our, as our bodies all get uh, older and, and the challenges become come real how should women counter that in particular? Should it, is it just weight training or can they do sort of press-ups, push-ups, dips, anything at home using, you know, kind of the, the equipment around them to, to build that? Absolutely. Anything to activate those muscles, whether you are using body weight in just some space or you do have some, some form of resistance, whether it's resistance bands are very handy. They don't take up any space. Yeah. Um, sometimes things like kettlebells and dumbbells, you know, they, they are quite um, uh, cumbersome in terms of storage, et cetera. But but to have some level of resistance is, is, is great. I think it's become more of a less of a stigma attached that women mm. that do actually use resistance. Because I think once upon a time, especially back, uh, if, you know, if I think back to 15 years ago, 10, 10 years ago, there was a stigma that, that resistance will always make you big and bulky. Well, yeah, to become big and bulky, I know how hard it is and what, what it <laughs> takes. So, so to maintain a good physical tone, you know, to use some hand weights and use resistance and actually challenge your muscles to bring them to fatigue, it's not going to make you bulky. It's going to help you actually maintain a good level of, of, of physical conditioning. Yeah, because women don't have the, the, the sort of same testosterone as men generally anyway, do they, to build that bulk? So it's, it's harder to sort of inadvertently build bulk. Yeah, it, it's very hard to do that. So anyone that thinks that um, just lifting a few weights is going to make them big and bulky and it's not for them, then, then they're, they're definitely um, incorrect. So. Are there any other tips, you know, as people start going out, out and about? As I say, I've got a few friends who, who have COVID and it's really peculiar at the moment because they've been double vaccinated and the symptoms are remarkably similar to people who had had COVID pre, pre-vaccination. So I think obviously the vaccines are working at the top end of the important end of, of saving people's lives, which is, mm. which is great. But people won't want to necessarily, even if they're double vaccinated, get it. Any tips that, that you have generally? Do you, you mentioned water in the past, haven't you? Keeping hydrated, um, nutritional tips, movement tips, because I suppose as we get out there, we want to embrace it, but we don't want to get poorly. And I just hope there's a, there has been a wake up, hasn't there, to the importance of preemptive, healthy lifestyle. I think so. I think you know, this last 18 months has really highlighted the importance of having a strong immune system um, and, and having a, a, a strong um, physical conditioning that is going to support you if you are going to fall unwell 
And this is really highlighting for so many of us the importance of living a healthy life as much as possible. Doesn't mean it has to be 99.9% .9 of every day, but however, if we can play our part in, in you know, living healthy for a higher percentage of each week, I think we give ourselves a better chance. I think the long, you know, our lives can be prolonged. I think from a health and wellness perspective, we fall unwell, it's, it's lower risk. So we can obviously support our immune system with what we put in it. Um, you know, quite simply, drinking water, eating our greens, making sure that we're fueling our body with, with, the, with, with the right fuel. Um, we're getting all those kind of multi-nutrients and um, mm. vitamins into the system, maintaining enough movement so we're burning enough energy, keeping ourselves as, 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 as conditioned as we possibly can. So we've got responsibility there, sufficient amount of sleep. I know we spoke about, about on a previous pod, yeah. the importance of that. So all those elements maintain our overall health and well-being yeah and sleep could be positively enhanced that's one positive of working from home isn't it you have more time you're not getting up as early for the commute so maybe that that swings back and that's always been a, yeah. a, cha a challenge for me but i think that the net gains of sleep and not only with the research that, that you read about it particularly out of um, matthew walker and the university of berkeley but it just it just seems to be um it's a game changer isn't it it's a game changer because it's then a catalyst for more movement which then movement helps you sleep so there's a circular effect yeah. there definitely more recent times i've um, given sleep much more respect i mean it was something probably in, you know in, in past before the research and science and being made aware of it i kind of felt that if i'm training i'm eating well i'm mm. healthy and sleep really is not is not a major factor you know i.e i can probably operate a four or five hours no problem because i'm fit and healthy but but i'm totally doing myself an injustice there and yeah. looking back i wasn't maximizing the efforts that i was putting in the gym i wasn't maximizing my focus on health and well-being because i'm neglecting such a key component of keeping your body healthy by not sleeping sufficiently so i'm always encouraging clients that i work with and the advice that i give to try and actually achieve seven to eight hours with it's working back if, if you have to get up at half past five in the morning to catch an early train, you know, work back, make sure you are in bed, asleep at least seven hours, mm. if not ideally eight hours beforehand. Seven to eight hours is the window where I'm always trying to encourage people to achieve. It's almost a non-negotiable now when it comes to healthy living. Yeah, it's allowing that time as well, isn't it? Just to, to, to unwind as well. It's the seven hours, but it's that kind of time you need beforehand to get to sleep and only, switch off the screen. Absolutely. It's the only way your body can reset and, um, and, and, and cleanse down. So it needs that. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's great stuff. Um, we'll, we'll get there, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah. What about you for the rest of the, the weekend then? You, you should be liberated on Sunday, are you? So we'll get a tennis game in in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, fingers crossed. That's right. So next week we'll uh, we'll hopefully see us play, get our get our awaited rematch in. Um, so this weekend is very low key. So obviously I'm not out until Sunday. So Saturday is just going to be pottering around at home. Um, but it's quite, do you know what? It's quite nice to actually spend some extra, uh, which was unexpected time with the kids. Obviously they're off school and I'm helping out around the house. Um, as you know, my wife's got a little business, so she's able to dedicate a bit of time to that. And I'm and I'm mucking around with the kids a bit more. So I'm I'm mucking around at home, and I'm getting those those man jobs done. Shall we say? <laughs> well, you're, you're good. I mean, so, you come around and do I'm some always getting mine. known for. Come down and do some of mine because uh, that's uh, that's always a sticking point in my house. But that's great. <laughs> you, you've got your own personal lockdown, so it's a bit like March last year, but just for yourself. <laughs> exactly. So it's um, so I'm it's, getting on top of things. I'm not waste. I'm not wasting the opportunity. I'm getting on top because it makes me feel good. If I'm on you, top of things. 
my mind's clear, and that's that 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 goes a long way to making me feel um, you know good about good about every day. Good man. And have you and the, the kids, particularly, I know your little boy, Woody, I think you all had England shirts. Have you recovered from the, the Euros yet? It was still a good ride, wasn't it? I'm sort of reflecting in positivity because it's the first final in my lifetime. Is that how you're looking at it for England? Yeah, I think, have I got it out of my system? I, I'm, I've been so reflective over the last few weeks about the, the final. And um, But what what a brilliant performance. I mean, England just, just for me, I, I backed them all the way, as you know. I really yeah. felt this was their moment. I thought it was in the stars <laughs> they were going to win that final. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be. And, and uh, but, but what a ride. It was, I, thought they, I thought they performed great. From, yeah. from the first game, I think, obviously, it just seemed to get, gather momentum. And I, I, I can't fault. I can't getting to the final and losing on penalties is gut-wrenching. But um, to get to the final takes a real effort and a great achievement. I thought the, the, the team professional, I thought the manager was, um, I thought he just maintained just such a, um, a professionalism throughout. I thought we had the country, you know, right behind him. You know, it was yeah. euphoric. So um, just was. a shame, just a real shame. And it, it was, just wasn't to be. Still the first great final. set of players. And they'll be around for the next two or three tournaments. We've got great, great opportunities coming up. Yeah, very young, incredibly fit. I thought the conditioning of the players was amazing. What did you think, particularly the extra time against Denmark? I thought was Raheem Sterling was still bursting forward after a wonderful game. I was really impressed. Calvin Phillips was, what, doing 15K, 16K. The conditioning work yeah. of these clubs and, and the, the national team is phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I, I think football players have taken it to a, a, another level. I, you know, I've, you know, as you know, I've worked with in professional sport and I know uh, many athletes. I know the focus and the, and the determination I have, but I don't think footballers... Until this kind of modern day, I've, I don't think really probably focused enough on their to mm. want desire to be the best and their fitness. I thought these guys were just brilliant. I thought they really were on every level, and it, I don't think it came out. I think it really shone through on the pitch. I thought their fitness was fantastic, and I, I mean, everyone's. I think for the first time, we all had a different opinion on what should be the starting eleven because that squad was so good and it is so good. So I'm, I'm only, I'm, I'm, I'm very positive, and I, you know, as. As disappointing as it was, I think it's, it's all the positives outweigh that. And um, I think England are going to be a real force over the next 10, 10 years with that young team. Yeah, no no second international trophy, but it is a first final. It's better than falling at the semi-final hurdle. It brings back all the uh, the anguish of our youth. So it's good that we yeah. got that extra that extra step. And it was so close against Italy. What's strange about that is it feels a long time ago, Dad, doesn't it? It's only less than three weeks ago, but it feels like a lifetime ago. It's sort of like it's com- compartmentalised in a box, those summer tournaments. Yeah, actually, because um, we, we, for the first time we look back, so I've been playing football with my son in the garden and we're recreating the penalty shootout over and over again. So I'm often Domaruna when it yeah. comes to the <laughs> team. And we, did, we actually looked back, he wanted to watch the penalty shootout again. I'm like, do you really want to watch that again? And we watched it yesterday again. Oh, man. And um, I don't actually think the penalties were that. When you see it again, I don't think, the, I mean, Rashford was so unlucky. The penalty yeah, was two inches, two inches out. And I don't think Sancho and Sacco's penalty, I mean, in training, they probably knock them in 99.9% of the time yeah. without even batting an eyelid. But in that in that setting, you've got a... F- and stadium so much pressure. A year. No. So much pressure. The yeah. legs must be like jelly. I don't think I could have even mustered the energy no. to take the penalty. Well, I, 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 
I missed the penalty in a charity tournament in Gloucester the other day, um, other week for Bang Olufsen, Cheltenham, the sponsor of the podcast. And, and I rattled the crossbar in this uh, five-a-side thing. And I was like, oh man, it just gives you a sense of the magnitude of what they must go through, particularly when they're brought on, especially just to take a penalty, specifically just to do that. Yeah. It ramps so it up. It, it ramps it up. It, it, I, I, I can I commend the guys that, that, that stood up and took penalties. I thought it was brave, courageous, and just wasn't to be. And, you know, if people can say, oh, any professional footballer player should still score a penalty. Well, really. I mean, that is, that is <laughs> in front of that, you know, the, the crowd, what, what everything, you know, behind it in terms of it's the final and the, the just, it was just a, a highly stressful situation for all i mean i'm watching it my heart rate was 170 odd so i mean my god knows what it must have been like for those guys respect respect so. to italy as well he talked about conditioning but look at giorgio chiellini i think he turns 37 in a couple of weeks time and he was he was there throwing himself at everything stopping people bit yeah. um underhanded tactics with saka at the touchline when he dragged him back with it that, that didn't really get um spotted but he looked in great nick and mancini the manager still looked in great nick in his mid 50s and think about that sort of logic he looked like he could have come on as a sub, didn't he? Yeah, I know. Thanks, that looks great. I mean, I think I think they were the best two teams in the final. I thought the managers were the best managers that took you know took the teams there. I thought best team won. You know? Yeah, and uh, that's, I think that's uh, that thing went to penalties. But I do think Italy probably on on the um, reflection of the whole tournament, they probably were the slightly more exciting team, and they they hammered teams in the in the yeah. early stages, didn't they? They were winning three nil, three nil, two nil. It's good. So yeah. they were very strong. They were they were very strong. They were very strong. It's 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 fascinating with that conditioning aspect. Not only the output of the players in their prime, but looking at the the age profile, they had Chiellini and uh, Leonardo Bonucci at the centre half. He's Bonucci's thirty four. And then I looked at other tournaments. You got Cristiano Ronaldo. We got Lionel Messi, who won the Copa America mm-hmm. for the first time, the first international tournament with Argentina in the senior team, and he's. He's 34 and he signed a five-year contract with Barcelona. I know he's special, but then I think Zlatan Ibrahimovic is knocking on 40, is still playing. It's changed since we were kids, isn't it? They are looking after themselves better. Yeah. And, that, and it's a demonstration for all of us that you can you can take that fitness longer. But modern modern day gladiators, these guys. I mean, I follow some of the football players on Instagram and and and, and the party days seem to be when they're out in the clubs and you know, yeah. champagne, champagne, champagne over and over through the summer. They're all in camps. They're all training. So <laughs> yeah. these guys are, you know, they are taking the profession to a different level. They want to be the best, and a lot of them really want to win things. And I, I think it's great. It's getting, it's getting, it's producing such brilliant football. Yeah, and I think by running up the stairs at home, we're we're, we're somehow joining in in that same that same culture. So that's that's good, James. But I appreciate you coming on, man. We we we'll have to catch up soon, and, and best of luck. Fingers crossed, you get through this weekend. You get out to go. Uh, away for a night out with your your wife on Sunday, so that'd be fantastic, and and we'll catch up next week, hopefully with a, a knock up with tennis if it's if it's not raining too much because the monsoon seems to have hit Cheltenham over the last couple of days. Yeah, unfortunately we've got rain here as well. I think it's in for the week, so hopefully we can get a get a date in a diary and it and it um the sun shines. So that's, let's try and do that after this uh, after this pod, and we'll get a game of tennis in. Good man, speak to you soon, James. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. Yeah, great to catch up with James. I was actually talking about moving. I was actually at the England-Croatia game at his house. We had a barbecue and we were returning the favour next month, all being well with the, the weather. Or that later this month, it's August now, isn't it? Um, and he was uh, bouncing around full of nerves and anxiety, full of elation 
when Raheem Sterling scored that goal against Croatia. And he's uh, he's certainly a kind of guy, a bit like myself, I suppose, doesn't stay still for too long. And maybe that's a secret to to just health partly as well as the exercise programs and the difficult different things that go in fashion like Peloton or running or weightlifting, whatever it may be. It's um it's certainly just that general attitude to life to not sit still for too long, which can be difficult. But as he says, standing desks becoming more common in the office. Certainly seen them at Sky, some of the executives. And I think that's probably going to infiltrate elsewhere. And maybe it's just standing up as well. You don't need a fancy desk to you every 10 minutes, 20 minutes. If you're taking a call, can you go for a stroll and take it to a walking meeting? I know it's popular in parts of London in the financial district. So yeah, there we have it. The wonderful James Golden. Check him out, aka The Fitness Pro. Thank you for listening. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Check out BNO underscore Cheltenham on social media, Bang Olufsen Cheltenham website. Jason Briggs and his team, good people, and offer you a, a consultation about what you might be after, whether it's big or small, um, whether it's a home entertainment system or just some small audio equipment, whatever you're looking for, do get in touch with them. And as I say, through Serene AV, you can source the brand that best fits your vision and your needs. So there we have it. And uh, thank you to them. Thank you to Cytoplan for the association with the podcast. Food-based supplements, as I say, I have to do my order this week for for more of them. Um, we do pay, but at a discount rate. If you would like a discount rate, if you're trying to optimize your immunity, fill in any gaps with nutrition, and interesting on the subject of movement, because we're moving less, we typically consume less calories now in the modern society, which obviously would mean less trace elements and vitamins potentially in our diet, because we don't need as much uh, macro nutrients in terms of calories, but uh, maybe need to fill that gap. And you can do so by going to cytoplan.co.uk and the code associated with the podcast is DRAPER10R, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, numerals one zero and the capital letter r and i don't know if the attic box audio idea resonated with you maybe sparked a thought but it's something that i've enjoyed doing we've done seven or eight pilots now with family members just sitting down for two hours just going through their life stories and even my parents it's fascinating to hear about my mum growing up post-war in london with bombs on, on sort of building sites and demolished debris and things like that my father a very contrasting upbringing in abergavenny in south wales and playing in farms and trout tickling in streams and it just is an idea that I think perhaps for all of us, we don't often have the those memories stored of our, our loved ones as they get older and, and maybe pass on and before they you know, can can recall all those memories, then maybe that fades away. So it's just something that we're doing with Attic Box Audio and you can check that out at drapermedia.co.uk, maybe of interest, an interview. If you live in the area, actually, we're trying to base it in Cheltenham. We can do it on Zoom. We're trying to base it in the west of England if we can when I come to people's houses and have a chat about their life story. But anyway, just an idea. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Have a great weekend and goodbye for now.